I've called this episode Back to School. I don't know why. Probably because I want to mention a couple of things about school. Don't worry. I'm not going to rant on for an hour all about how I hated school, that it was horrible, blah, blah, blah. Back to School really is about school uniforms. They are now talking. Who's they? Do you know, people always say that, don't they? Oh, they should sort out the roads. They should sort out the park. Who are these they people? Anyway, they, whoever <laughs> whoever they are, they're talking about doing away with school uniforms. I don't think that's a good idea. Do you think that's a good idea? That's something I want to talk about. And then we've got in the UK here this other thing about rack concrete, R-A-A-C. Apparently the concrete, they're kind of long slabs or whatever that make the ceilings of some schools. They are cracking, they're crumbling which isn't too good for the kids sitting in their classroom underneath the ceiling. From what I've heard, these rack concrete slabs look like Aero. Do you know Aero? I like Aero. Chocolate Aero bar. They did a mint Aero, didn't they, as well? That was quite nice. Full of holes, full of bubbles. And that's what the concrete's like. I don't know why they did that. Apparently it's light. I suppose it's cheap. Everything comes down to money, doesn't it? Everything comes down to cash and keep the cost down even though it's not safe all oh, that won't matter just cut the cost down i don't know but before we do all that let's look at the weather it's now 11 no it's not it's midday friday the 8th of september 23 it's hot now saturday is meant to be our hottest day ever i'm not sure whether that's still the case at the moment it's 26 which is 79 Fahrenheit, 65% humidity, 1017 millibars on the barometer, and the flag is doing nothing, absolutely nothing. Neither is the cherry tree. The tortoise is sitting outside in a cool corner of the garden. There's not really any sun. It's overcast. We don't have that lovely blue sky today. It's just overcast and, well, what was that? 65% humidity feels more like 98%. It's very close. We've had warnings for Saturday, tomorrow, of thunderstorms. They always warn about thunderstorms. Careful, thunderstorms are coming. Danger, danger. Not Will Smith, was it? Whoever it was. And the storms never turn up. They always miss us. Right, let's get started. As I said, I'm not going to bang on about school and how much I hated it, but I didn't mind my school uniform. It was black. Black blazer with a little badge on the pocket and black trousers, white shirt. What colour was the tie? Do you know, I can't remember what colour the tie was, probably because it was stuffed in my pocket most of the time. <laughs> and a cap. We had to have a cap. That was stuffed in my pocket most of the time. But I did like the idea of a school uniform. The trouble is, with uh, school uniforms, half the problem that people are talking about is the cost of them. You couldn't pop down to any old local shop and think, oh, there's a black blazer, that would do. You had to go to the specific company that made the school uniforms for your school. And, of course, they bunged up the price. Oh, right, look, they've got to buy them from here. We can charge what we like. I'm not saying that's what they did, but that's what they did. <laughs> it was pretty poor setup really for the people that didn't have a great deal of money they couldn't afford these blazers and you know what kids are like especially at the secondary school we started there what 11 years old 
Yeah, there's fighting in the playground, there's bundles going on, there's kids rolling around. The blazers, the trousers, they all end up scuffed or with holes in. So to buy brand new stuff, especially for those that didn't have a great deal of money, it just wasn't easy. They did do a bring and buy thing. So when your child, your little precious, your little soldier, had outgrown his blazer and his trousers, what you did was you give them to the school and uh, then you buy more. You could buy second hand at the school, which was quite a good idea. I think they still do that these days. Instead of having to go back to the shop, I won't mention the name of the shop, but I do remember it in town. Sorry about the banging outside. They're digging this hole. Um, did I let you hear it the other day? No, I made a recording. I can't remember now. They're digging the electricity people. They've dug a massive hole in the road and the pavement and they're putting up all the cables from under the street. So I might disappear in a minute if there's a power cut. <laughs> I think they're doing it live. They're replacing this big switch unit under the ground and it looks like they're doing it live. Not something I'd want to do. There's a lot of power there, a lot of current. Anyway, school uniforms. You had to go to the, the shop that was specified because they made your uniform and it was expensive. And I remember uh, quite a few kids, including myself, we'd have second-hand blazer. Trousers weren't too expensive. It was the blazer and the cap. Well, that, that wasn't too bad. But the blazer, that was expensive. Hello, they've got a motor going now. This is typical. They've been waiting, haven't they? They're looking up here at the window thinking, has he started talking? Yeah, he started talking, right? Far up the engine. <laughs> Hopefully you can't hear that too much. People have been saying, oh, we like the noise. I'll open the window in a minute. We like the background noises. I don't think you're going to like this. Right, I've just had to wait about 10 minutes. They've now stopped the engine so I can carry on. Another thing about school that they've been talking about recently, I don't know whether you've heard in London, now all primary age school children get free lunches at uh, dinner time, lunchtime, whatever. They get a free meal. Well, it's not free, is it? I mean, someone has to pay for it. The taxpayer pays for it. And this is another thing they've been saying. They, being the mayor of London, has been saying, oh, the stigma when people have free school meals because their parents are poor, you know, everyone else is paying and the stigma is dreadful. There was no stigma in my day. I remember a good friend of mine, Robert, he didn't pay for school meals. Several people in my class didn't. Their parents or parent couldn't afford it. They just were on the bread line. I don't remember stigma. In fact, it was the other way around. I remember every Monday morning, we'd get our pocket money out to pay to the teacher. Not pocket money, what am I saying? Mind you, so to some of us, the school dinner money was pocket money. I did that on more than one occasion. Nip down the chip shop lunchtime. And those that didn't have to pay, there was no stigma. That Robert used to laugh. He'd say to me, because I sat next to him, he used to say, I don't have to pay. I get free food. He used to laugh. To him, it was like a, I don't know, a badge of honour. He was quite pleased. I don't have to pay. You do. <laughs> anyway, there we are. There was no stigma. They do talk, what's that word beginning with B these days? Oh, rubbish. That's it. They do talk rubbish these days. When I left school, I was out at work and I would drive to work. There were hundreds of school kids in the mornings. They were like ants all over the pavement, crossing uh, zebra crossings, crossing the road. They were like ants everywhere. <laughs> and some were on bicycles. 
but it was never a problem to the traffic. I was driving along. Okay, you get a few kids now and then. You get perhaps two or three abreast on their bikes, but that was all right. You just go around them. Of course, back in the old days, there was not the traffic around that there is now. But these days, I love the school holidays. Not because I'm at school and I've escaped the dreadful torture of being at the damn place. I like the school holidays because all the mums, all those yummy mummies, aren't driving their little precious kids to school. The school isn't going there. It's summer holidays. They're not going to school. There are no school trips parking all over the place where they shouldn't. Sorry if you're a yummy mummy, but it is true, isn't it? <laughs> yummy mummy. Where did that term, that, I don't know where that came from. It's been around for years, hasn't it? But what a difference, though, on the roads, if you happen to be driving around somewhere at uh, what normally would be kids to school time, like before nine in the morning or, say, three, four o'clock in the afternoon. What a difference in the school holidays. The roads are empty. Well, relatively empty. It's fantastic. And, of course, the very day they're now back at school, aren't they? The roads are jammed up. This Oh, why do people have to get a lift to school? I'm not going to bang on about that because I know I've done it before on more. In fact, on more than one, two, three, four occasions. But why don't they walk? I used to walk. All youngsters listening to this will be saying, oh, here we go. He's off again. When I was a boy. When I was a boy, we had to walk five miles to school in the blinding snow and ice. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't five miles. It was about two, two and a half miles, my school. So, yeah, five miles a day, I suppose, in the snow, yes, and in the ice. These days, they can't walk when the sun's out. I don't know. I don't know what's going wrong there. Anyway, there we are. It's Friday afternoon. No, it's not. Yes, it is now. It's gone midday. And normally, we go to our club, as you know, on a Friday afternoon, about four o'clock, just for an hour, come back at five for dinner. Trish is out for lunch with her friends. Yes, again, I know. I know, it's awful, isn't it? They're still banging around over there. She loves it. I don't mind because it gives me an opportunity to talk to you without Trish in the background. <laughs> she does tend to talk a lot and she's rather loud. I've told you that before, haven't I? She is enjoying herself. It's only around the corner. They go to this restaurant, her and a few friends, and they come back here afterwards. They won't be, well, they won't be back here till about three o'clock. And then they sit in the garden drinking wine I did say to her, I hope to have the podcast finished before you get back because I'll have shrieking ladies in the background on the recording. And she said, well, they don't shriek. It's only me. And I thought, yes, it is. It's only her. The others are quiet. But going back to the roads, though, and these school trips, I really don't understand why Mummy's little soldier can't walk to school. Everyone did when I was younger. Why can't they do that now? I know that there's more traffic. Of course there's more traffic. I tell you what, I used to cycle sometimes and the roads were safe. Now, I wouldn't advise any child to cycle on the roads, even the side roads. Our road here, the speed limit is 30. Some vans and other vehicles, they go flying up the road. They're doing at least 40. And if you've got a child on a bike, that's a dangerous situation, isn't it? I wouldn't advise anyone to cycle on the road, even adults. I used to have a bike years ago, but I wouldn't go on the roads now. Of course, a lot of them don't. They cycle on the pavements, which you're not allowed to do if your bicycle wheels are a certain size. 
I've had a lovely email from Barbara in Michigan. Hello, Barbara. Nice to hear from you about oral history. Do you know we were talking about that last week? Do you remember that? Probably not. I don't remember things. Anyway, we were talking about it last week. And Barbara was saying how important it is. And I won't go into her story, but listening to fathers, grandfathers, grandmothers about the past and the family history it is important. You're quite right, Barbara. I'll answer your email in a minute. My voice is croaky. Have you noticed that? It's croaking again. I think it's the dry weather, or the heat anyway. But that's that's a good point though, Barbara. Everything you've said there about oral history, things passed down through the generations, it is important. But to me, as I said last Sunday, it's far more important than poor old Harold getting an arrow in his eye in 1066. <laughs> Interesting though that might be to some, and it should be in the history books for people if they want to look it up and see what happened in 1066. Same with the plague, the Great Fire of London, all these things fortunately are recorded. I watched a year or so ago a fantastic documentary about the, the Great Fire of London and how it spread and what happened in the end. That was really interesting. And another one they did about the plague that was that was awful, really awful, because they didn't understand about germs and bacteria. They didn't know about that sort of thing then. And another one I watched, we watched, Trish and I always watch these things together, was the, what was it, the Great Smog of 19, was it 1952 in London? Everyone had a coal fire going. It was an exceptionally cold winter. All the coal fires, as well as steam engines, and all other steam-driven equipment, all the, the smoke from that, all the sulphur and the smoke and the fumes, normally would get blown away in the wind, but there was no wind. I think it was for something like two weeks. I'll have historians contact me now. No, it wasn't two weeks. It was a week and a half. <laughs> anyway, it was awful. The smog just lay on the whole city of London, and people couldn't breathe. They were dying all over the place. And of course, to keep warm, they were lighting more and more coal fires, which made the situation worse. Some of these documentaries are interesting. Won't it be interesting in the future, say, I don't know, 19, no, not 19, we've done the 19s, 2050, 2060, to watch documentaries about our days now, 2023. They'll be saying, well, they used to dig up the roads everywhere. And there were traffic lights, roadworks all over the place. And kids used to get dropped off at school in cars. And people would laugh. Really, they did all that. It's funny, isn't it, how we laugh at things in the old times, how they did things back then. You think, goodness me, how on earth did they cope? But back then, that was, I don't know, horse and cart, when they first decided to stick a cart on the back of a horse. That was cutting-edge technology, wasn't it? <laughs> Fantastic. They must have said, what on earth did we do before we had a horse and cart? Well, he just rode the horse, I suppose. But for taking luggage, well, not luggage, but goods around, bits and pieces, what did they do? Just going back to the schools again with this rack concrete, my school, which is still standing, was built in 1941. I looked it up the other day, 1941. And it was, well, very well built. That was during the war, wasn't it? It was very well built. The layout was good. There was a a sort of playground in the middle, which was triangular shaped in the middle. Playing fields were to the side, were to two sides. Tennis court, not that I was allowed on the tennis court. 
football pitch. I was allowed on the football pitch, unfortunately. But at 1941, and it's still standing strong now, it's, it's looking lovely. I drive past it quite often and it's looking lovely. We used to dig out in the playground in the centre of this triangular bit. We used to lean against the wall and scrape out the, the mortar, the sand and cement mixture between the bricks. I think there must have been a lot of lime in it because it was very easy to scrape it out, or a lot of sand. And we, we used to, with a, a metal compass or whatever it was we had, a pen knife or something. Yes, we were allowed pen knives back then because we didn't stab each other. And we would scrape out the mortar. And one, I remember one chap, he actually got a brick out. It took a brick out of the wall. <laughs> I suppose that's been repaired now. They must have repaired all that. The whole lot wanted repointing, really. And that was in, what, 62, 63. So the place was only, what, 20 years old? Building 41. It was only 20 years old. And they would have to start replacing bricks that we dug out of the wall. To be honest, I'm surprised the school is still standing because a friend of mine built a bomb and put it in the toilet block, down one of the toilet, yeah, in the pan. And uh, it went off, he lit the fuse and ran, and it went off and it blew the toilet pan to bits. <laughs> and the, that was the old flush cisterns that were up on the wall with the chain, you know. So there's water flooding out from up there. Excellent fun, that was. <laughs> and also, near bonfire night, we all had pockets full of penny bangers and a Ronson lighter. I mean, if you didn't have a Ronson lighter at school, in the 50s and 60s, well, you weren't anyone. So we all had our Ronson lighters and we'd dig a hole in the mortar in the wall, stick a banger in there, you know, like we're mining with dynamite, mining underground, and then light it and do a runner. <laughs> it didn't blow the bricks out, of course, a penny banger wouldn't do that. But again, that was tremendous fun. There we are, you see, there were some aspects of school that I really enjoyed. It wasn't all terrible as I've been telling you for years. Some aspects of it were terrific fun. I can't imagine kids these days taking fireworks to school and trying to blow up brick walls and toilets and things. They wouldn't get away. Or would they get away with it? I don't know. It seems that some of them take knives to school these days and drugs. Well, allegedly, so I've heard on the news, which you can't believe all the time anyway. How are you keeping? You're keeping well, I hope. I seem to be all right. Trish is all right. If you want to email me, tell me about your ills and aches and pains or just moan about something or be happy about something, be nice to hear from you. Raise rants at protonmail.com. It's 27 degrees in here at the moment. It's rather warm. I've got to have the window shut. Mind you, the air out there is hotter than 27, so probably wouldn't help if I opened it. But they're still banging around over the road. They've got their digger, their little mini digger, I hope they don't go through the cable, because if they do, I won't be able to talk to you. Everything will go off. <laughs> I thought they'd gone through the cable yesterday, because I heard a dull thud, and the little digger driver said to this other chap, oh, sorry about that. I don't know what he'd done, but he hadn't gone through the cable anyway. What's the weather like where you are? Apparently, as I said earlier, we've got thunderstorms on the way. That's tomorrow, Saturday and then it's cooling down from Sunday onwards. I tell you what, us Brits, we're loving all this. One minute it's raining and cold, then it's a heat wave, because as I said before, we, we talk about the weather. It's what we do. It's all that we do. There's nothing else we do apart from talk about the weather. 
I've been watching more episodes of Fireball XL5. <laughs> I love the puppets on the strings. They don't really make any attempt to hide the strings. Now this takes me back to my early days because Thunderbirds, International Rescue, Stingray, all that lot. They don't hide the strings really. I suppose there's no point. We all know they're puppets on strings. So what's the point in trying to hide it? You know, the way they sort of wobble about and their arms wave around and their heads look like they're about to fall off. John emailed me. Hello, John, the other day. He said, have I seen, what was it, Supercar? No, that's, I must look out for that, John. I haven't seen that one. Supercar, I don't even remember that. Perhaps, uh, I don't know, perhaps that was a different era. Perhaps it was later on. But I will look out. I think he said on YouTube, I must look out. I do like YouTube. I watch Laurel and Hardy on there. That annoys Trish. She doesn't like Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> I wake up sort of half four, five in the morning. I've got Laurel and Hardy on the iPad, only for a little while, but then she wakes up. What are you doing? What's that noise? It's Laurel and Hardy. Slapstick comedy, isn't it? All the puppet ones were, was it Jerry Anderson, was it? And Hannah, not Hannah Barbara, Hannah Barbera, was it? Jerry Anderson. Yeah, they, they must have made a lot of money out of that back in the day, a lot of money. I remember watching Thunderbirds, International Rescue, one Saturday afternoon in the workshop, TV workshop, in the 60s. And this metal bridge, this iron or steel bridge, was crumbling and about to fall down. There was a train on it or something, and International Rescue were going to rescue the people. And the bridge, every now and then, the, the various joints on the angle parts of the bridge, there were explosions. And this chap in the workshop, he said, well, it, it wouldn't explode, would it? The bridge isn't made up of dynamite. It would just buckle and bend. And we were saying, well, come on, you, you've got to suspend the reader's belief or the viewer's belief. It's far better having explosions everywhere. I think they used to put <laughs> on the on the models of the rockets. I think they used to stuff a cigarette end in the sort of exhaust behind this rocket as it's going along sort of horizontally. You can see cigarette smoke coming out of the back. It, uh, I don't know, it was just fantastic for its day. I loved it. And the scenery, of course, I've seen some bits and pieces of how it was done. There was a, a like a round, uh, a big circular thing with the all the scenery on this circular thing. So the rocket stands still and they turn the drum, revolve the drum behind the rocket. So it's passing clouds and mounted tops and things. But it looks good. For its day, for the, what, 50s, 60s, it did look good. Well, I thought so, anyway. Do you remember the Misterons? Was it Captain Scarlet or Captain Black? Scarlet, Black, whatever he was. The Misterons. That was good fun. I wonder what the kids would make of that these days if they were to have a look. It's all on YouTube. You know, you can find all this stuff, which is really good. I once showed our little grandchildren, what were they, three, four, five years old, on YouTube, I showed them Bill and Ben and Andy Pandy. And, you know, they liked it. They actually liked it. It's black and white, dreadfully done with puppets and strings showing everywhere. But they loved it. I don't think it's necessary to have all this, all this CGI stuff and people shouting and guns everywhere. I, I don't think that's necessary. Andy Pandy... Well, that was a bit funny, wasn't it? Uh, did you ever see the Night Garden? Now, that's a more, far more modern thing, the Night Garden. I think they're all on drugs. <laughs> I loved the Night Garden. That was only a few years ago, wasn't it? I, is it still going? 
I used to like that. I forget the names of Inky Pinkies and all sorts of stuff. That was quite nice for children because that was very calm. Funnily enough, I was listening to someone the other day. We were having a chat and he was saying, I remember the 50s and that was the word he used. Things were calm back then. Well, we just had the war, hadn't we? World War Two, so that wasn't pretty calm then. But in the 50s, he reckoned that things were calm. And well, as a child, I thought they were calm. There was there was no rat race or anything going on, as far as I was aware, anyway, as a child. But this chap was saying that he was a lot older than me, and he was just saying that things were far more relaxed and there was calm. That was the word he used several times. I'm just having a look at the night garden, Macca Packer. Do you remember that uh, Tom? What is it? Tom Lilu, Tom Libus, Ninky Nonk, <laughs> someone I don't know who made these up. Pinky Ponk, and what? Oh, the Iggly Piggles, wasn't it? The Iggly. It's all rather odd, isn't it? Ups a Daisy. That was another one, wasn't it? Ups a Daisy. Oh, the the Wattingers, Wattingers. I don't remember. Uh, Og Pog. <laughs> I think someone must have been on drugs. Ponty Pines, that's the one I was looking for, the Ponty Pines. Mind you, Angie Pandy was a bit weird with Loopy Lou and the rest of them. That bird song I played you the other day, no one's answered, no one's replied. I can't find out what it is. You know, it kind of goes, how does it go? Just like that, just like that. <laughs> I can't find out what it is. I must email or send Chris Packham. Um, you know Chris Packham, don't you, the wildlife chap. I must send him a little audio recording and say, what's this then, Chris? Come on. He's only down the road in the New Forest. That's where he lives. If I can get his address, perhaps we'll pop in there on the way to the Isle of Wight. Listen to this, Chris. What do you reckon this bird is? He would know. I bet anything he would know. Whatever bird it was, it was out there this morning doing its woo business. I'll have to take my iPhone out there because I've got the bird app on there, the bird song thing. And uh, hopefully if he's near enough, I'll get a decent recording and then find out what it is. It's getting hotter. Let's have a look. Yep, 28 degrees in here now. It's getting hotter. It's not too bad during the day, the heat, because you can kind of have a drink of water and sit by a fan or do whatever, have a cold shower. But at night, I wake up at night anyway, even when it's not hot. I'd just wake up. And of course, with the heat, I can't then go back to sleep. We've got the windows wide open and there's all sorts of things going on in the garden. I remember as a kid, in fact, I thought of this the other morning, the window was open and I heard foxes out there and snuffling and shuffling about. I'm thinking, what's going on? I had a look, put my torch and there's a hedgehog. There was a, a fox on the fence, no, sorry, on the shed roof. And I was reminded of when I was a kid, we used to have a tent in the garden in the summer and we'd, we'd camp out in the garden. Had quite a big garden where we lived. And there were all sorts of things going on at night in the garden. Things that you just, I didn't realise. I'd look out of the tent with my torch and there'd be a hedgehog poking around in the bushes and frogs and squirrels. I thought squirrels slept at night, but I've seen them poking around clambering over fences that they fly through the air don't they squirrels fly from one tree to another there's all sorts going on at night out in the garden the seagulls of course they scream all night long i don't know what's the matter they need therapy i mean if you're out in the dark screaming all night there's something wrong isn't there and they do need help
In the old days, when I looked out of the tent with my torch, the first thing that happened was moths everywhere, insects, all coming towards my torch. You do that these days, nothing. You might get a moth, maybe a couple of moths, no insects. Oh, talk, there's a butterfly just gone past the window. One of those cabbage white things. They're everywhere this year. They were all over our cabbages. We didn't eat much of the cabbage. There's caterpillars, absolutely covered in caterpillars. Runner beans are finished. I poured the plants down yesterday. They finished. Tomatoes are finished. The beef eater tomatoes that we bought because they were labelled as Alicante. So next time I buy them, uh, well, I'm not going to that place again. That's two years running. They've been no good. I think they'd mix up the the variety they've got. I mean, these were definitely beef eater. The tomatoes were the size of a football. Well, a large tomato. Perhaps not quite as big as a football. But they certainly weren't Alicante or Moneymaker tomatoes. Carrots are coming on well. This is for the gardeners out there. If there are any gardeners, carrots are coming on well. Onions are still doing well. I keep putting more of the uh, onion sets, aren't they? The little baby ones you put in. I keep stuffing a load more of those in the ground and they seem to grow well. All covered with netting, of course, because of the squirrels. They are little uh, devils, that's the word. They are little devils, those squirrels. They dig holes everywhere. There's more talk on the television about processed food and how it can cause cancer or not cause cancer, but help I don't know, cancer to survive, whatever it does and how bad it is for your health and your body and everything. And again, they were saying, cook your own food. Don't buy all this pre-packed, pre-whatever stuff. Just get the ingredients and cook it all up yourself. What was it they were saying about a, a well-known, they didn't mention the name, a well-known Italian, was it tomato, a sort of tomato sauce or whatever it was. And they were saying, have a look at the label on the back of that. It's full of chemicals. And they had a chef cha uh, chap on there talking and he said, I can make this sauce. I forget, it's sort of a tomato-y type puree, not puree, whatever it is. And he said, look on the back of the jar, right? There's dozens of ingredients, chemicals all over the place. He said, I use four ingredients. What was it? Onions, tomatoes and something else and something else. He said, that's all you need, your own stuff. You don't have to fill it full of chemicals. You don't need a chemistry set to make the stuff. <laughs> It's true, isn't it? This is why I love growing our own beans and tomatoes and onions, the carrots, they're coming on. Because I haven't covered them in, what's that stuff? TNT, no, TNT, no, that's what you blow things up with, isn't it? And no, what's that they used to put on? DT, DDT, wasn't it, or something? Some awful chemical they used to put to keep insects off and to keep weeds down and things. The crop takes all that in, so you're eating it. The way everything is going and uh, with all these, what is it, emulsifiers and they they use one chemical to colour things, another chemical so it lasts a bit longer in the tin or the jar or whatever it is, another chemical so it tastes a bit more like it should do because it, if it's whatever it doesn't taste of it so they have to add a chemical to make it taste a little more like the real thing, whatever the real thing is. The whole thing is ridiculous. And they are now discovering that a lot of this stuff is not good for our bodies. Well, I don't have any of it. The only processed food I have, well, we make our own bread. I suppose that's processed, isn't it? Because you haven't just picked it off a tree or dug it out of the ground. We've done things to it. Cheese, of course. I eat cheese. That's processed. But I have very little processed food. 
Trish does all the cooking and just about everything is where it's home cooked, homemade and whatever. I think they were talking about some kind of Italian pasta sauce that had all the chemicals in. And if, if it's that one they're talking about, they were saying it's not even made in Italy. Always carry on about Italy and talking Italian and stuff and it's made in, in England. I often find that. You see on uh, like tins of Australian lager and stuff like that, well, it's made either in Europe or wherever. It never has been anywhere near Australia. I suppose the best thing to do is to actually read the labels, isn't it? That's what they were saying on the telly. You're going shopping, you haven't got time to read all the labels. Right, what chemicals are in this? Let's have a look on the back of the jar. Most of the chemicals, you wouldn't know what they were anyway, whether they're good or bad. So it's, it's a bit difficult because they were saying, well, it's up to the, the person buying the product. You know, they should find out exactly what they're buying. And other people were saying, well, surely it's the manufacturer. They should make it clear that what, what they're selling you. I like beans on toast with brown sauce. Mind you, the brown sauce is probably full of chemicals. It's definitely getting hotter in here. I shall go downstairs and grab a drink of water or something. I try to, what is it they say you need three or four pints or however many litres of water a day. I do try to drink four pints of water a day. If you have too much water, some people say, oh, I, I have six, seven, eight pints of water a day. You know, look at me, Mr. Big, Mr. Clever. It's not clever at all. You're washing all the salts out of your body, which is not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. See, I know that because my sister-in-law is a nurse and she told me. <laughs> Happy days. I've had to open the window. It's getting a ridiculous in here. It's like a greenhouse. Fortunately, the men over the road are being quiet. They're just having a chat at the moment, so that's all right. I was looking online somewhere the other day and people were talking about the climate and the heat wave and how hot it is and you must drink water. And someone's comment I thought was quite good. It said, in the old days, this is what we used to call summer. I thought, yes, the sun's out and it's hot. It's summertime. <laughs> That's quite a funny comment. That shut everyone up. There weren't many comments after that. They probably thought, oh yes, that's a good point. It's summertime. This bird song that I heard, it's annoying me. I've got my phone here and I whistled into the phone uh, on the bird app. And this is what it came up with. It says a curlew. Well, that's not it. Uh, this is a jackdaw. Well, that's not it, is it? A carrion crow. Let's try the carrion crow. Well, that's not it. I don't think I'll ever find out what that bird was. I'll try and record it tomorrow morning. I'm up early because we're going round to my mother's to do a bit of housework for her. I'm determined to find out what that bird is. Unless, now I remember this, there was a, what are they called? These bird watcher twitchers or whatever? No, I don't know what they're called. I mustn't be rude in case anyone's listening and they are a, a twitcher. <laughs> there was a chap at work. He was into bird watching and cassette tape recorders came out and he'd take his tape recorder into the woods. And what we did, a bit of a long story, what we did, we had a recorder in the workshop. We got a recording of a rare bird. I don't know where it came from. Someone got hold of this recording and we played it. In the summer, we had the windows open in the workshop and we played this recording. And this chap, he was saying, listen, listen, turn that telly off, shush, listen, listen. And he's hanging out of the window, because we turned it off by then. That was a, whatever the bird, that was a so-and-so. That's rare. 
that's rare in the town at this time of year. That's a rare bird. And we did this for a few days. We hid the tape recorder in various places and played this. There goes a car. Played this recording. I've got to have the window open. Sorry about that. And it really wound him up. And of course, when he discovered what we were doing, he went mad, ballistic even. That was quite funny. So I wonder whether someone over the back of us, they're, they're whistling or got some bird song from somewhere. I did that one night. I had a recording on a, a laptop, no, iPad, whatever it was. And I played it in the garden. Crickets. All these crickets going like they do. And people were saying, I could hear neighbours saying, I can hear crickets. That's unusual, isn't it? That's unusual in, in the UK. Listen to those crickets. Of course, it's me with speakers hidden in the garden. It's good fun, isn't it? A neighbour of mine, when I was, how old was I, early 20s? My neighbour was a, a nutcase. He really was. He had a motorbike and the sidecar was a coffin. <laughs> he was a, a bit of a, not, not a hell's angel. Was he a rocker? a greaser, I don't know what he was, he was a bit strange. And he was all into electronics, he had a, a video genie. Do you remember that? Some computer, a video genie. And he put speakers in his garden and he had recordings of machine gun noises and explosions. And if, any, if anyone approached the front door, I don't know how he did it quite, I think he had like a um, photoelectric cell and a beam of light, you know. So anyone approaching the front door, there's machine guns, explosions blasting out. And of course, at night, you get a cat or a fox or a squirrel or something out in the, the garden. And this thing was going off, blasting out machine guns in the night. And one neighbour, this is really daft, but it's true. One neighbour called the police and said, there's gunshots going on, there's something going on. And of course, the police came flying round. I'm looking out of the front window. Oh dear, that was funny. They told him off. They said, don't do that again. But his motorbike, I forget what bike, lovely bike it was, and the sidecar was a coffin. And his girlfriend would sit up in this coffin. Dear me, I don't know, the things people do friend of mine had a, a bubble car. Do you remember the old bubble cars in the 60s, 70s? And he had a sunroof and he would drive along in the bubble car standing up because he could reach the pedals and reach down to the steering wheel and standing up, whizzing along in this bubble car. What a sight. I wish, well, I didn't have a video camera then, of course, but I wish I had photos of him. Absolutely amazing to look at. People were pointing and laughing their heads off as he drove round town, standing up in this bubble car. I don't know. Do people do things like that anymore? Do people have fun anymore? I often wonder that. Do people have fun anymore? Not many people laugh, do they? These days, they don't seem to laugh. I remember going into pubs in the old days, people having a few drinks, laughing their heads off, telling jokes, really having a good time. These days you go into a pub, well, very rarely, because you can't afford it. You need to take out a mortgage. Pint of beer, please. How much? You're having a laugh. But these days they they seem to be quiet, the pubs. People are chatting. No one seems to be very happy. I don't know. Perhaps it's the wrong pub I've been into. Well, we don't do pubs. Our club is about the only place we go. In fact, we've been talking recently. There is a pub not too far from us where they do nice meals, cheap sort of burger and chips type stuff. 
It's very basic, but it's very well done. It's very nice. And we've been talking about going there. Perhaps one evening we'll do that. If we do, I'll take a recorder and you can hear how miserable and dull people are. No, I shouldn't say that. Not everyone's miserable and dull, are they? I remember as a child, if we went downtown for like going to the cinema in the evening, something like that, we'd walk past a public house and you'd hear the laughter coming out, emanating from the, the open doors in the summer, summer evening. Laughter coming out of the pub, the chink of glasses. I just wonder, does that happen these days? Perhaps I should get out more. <laughs> Perhaps I should get out more. What is it they say? You know you're getting old when you go to bed at the time in the evening when you used to go out. Oh dear, I must be getting old. I don't know what they're doing over the road now. They've just dug the hole a bit deeper. So perhaps they couldn't get to the cables or something. It was funny yesterday when they turned up. There were seven people. I think there were four or five big vans, seven people, all looking into the hole and drinking tea. <laughs> I thought, that's it. That's the good old British workman. Oh, no, one was a girl. Am I allowed to say girl? Sorry, one was a female person. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> oh, dear. I can't say anything these days without getting into trouble. There was a female lady there and uh, the other six were men. And she had long blonde hair, but she was in her boiler suit and she was doing her bit as well. She had a, a spade, a shovel thing, in, and she was leaning on the shovel, drinking tea. So she was doing the, the proper British workman or workwoman thing. But in the old days, they were known for that, weren't they? Workmen. You dig a hole in the road, then you lean on your shovel, drinking tea, looking into the hole. <laughs> I don't know what they were looking for. I was a bit naughty yesterday when I was looking out of the window. I said to Trish, oh, look, there's seven of them out there. And she came to have a look. And I said, crikey, one of them's a bird. I shouldn't say it. Do you watch Last of the Summer Wine? You know, Compo, the scruffy chap, he calls Nora Batty his bird. <laughs> and I, I must, I shouldn't shout that out too loud, really. I might offend someone in the street. Oh, look, a bird. It is difficult, though, these days. You don't know what you can and can't. Well, you can say what you like, but you might offend people. I don't think anyone's ever offended me. I don't, I don't get offended. I think the reason being I come from the 50s, 60s, when people didn't get offended. <laughs> you get all sorts of comments and called all sorts of weird things. No good taking offence when you wouldn't go out. You wouldn't leave the house and mix with people. Apologies if I have offended any young ladies or old ladies or middle-aged ladies, any females. I think that's the difficulty I have. As I said, being brought up in the 50s and 60s when more, more or less anything goes sort of thing, the, the films on the telly, the old carry-on films, all that sort of stuff. The uh, Was it double entendres? I, I can never say that properly. De double entendre. Things like that. You know what I mean. I was brought up with that lot, films at the cinema, films on the telly. That was all normal to me. That was the norm. And then in days like this where you mustn't say this or you can't say that, I find it difficult to sort of comply, to conform. Mind you, I don't make much of an effort, really, do I, to comply? <laughs> oh, dear. I don't know. It's all good fun, isn't it? Where are we now? Trish has just got back with her friends. They're all in the garden. I've been down to say hello. I said, would anyone like tea? <laughs> they all looked at me as if I'm mad. Trish said, we're having wine. Oh, of course, yes, 
Well, I thought I'd just offer a cup of tea, anyone? I remember, uh, was it third daughter, youngest daughter, she had a 12th birthday party here, all her friends around, all the girls from her school. And Trish is saying, right, would anyone like, now they're 12 years old, remember, 12 and 13, anyone like orange juice? We've got Coke. And I said, oh, we've got a vodka and gin. Oh, yeah, vodka and gin. They all, all put their hands up at that. They love the eye. They didn't get that, of course. Trish wouldn't allow that. So they had to settle for soft drinks. <laughs> Although I'm not politically correct all the time, well, none of the time, I am gentlemanly. I will hold a door open for a lady. And as I said, I just went down and offered them tea. I will give up a seat for a lady, if uh, you know, an elderly lady or pregnant lady, uh, wherever it might be. I don't go on buses and trains, but wherever it might be, I will give up a seat. I've done that in the past on the train. I know some people don't like a man holding the door open, opening the door, you know, there we are, after you. They don't like that. I know some people don't like that. And it can be a bit worrying if you open the door for someone and, oh, I can do that myself, I don't need you. You get told off for it, because that goes against the way I was brought up in the 50s. You open the door for ladies, ladies first, all that sort of thing. And of course, a lot of people these days don't like that. So that can be confusing to someone like me, some old boy like me, it's confusing. <laughs> I liked those times when you would open the door for a lady or give up a seat for a lady. I liked all that. I think that was nice. And walking, uh, if you're walking with a lady, you walk on the outside of the pavement near the curb, not near the, the wall. That came from the old days when they used to have houses that were the top floor, or the first floor rather, jutted out over the pavement and people would empty things from the rooms, bowls of liquid, unmentionable things that they found under the bed. They tipped them out, out of the window, out of the front window. So if you're walking past, if you're near the curb on the outside, you'd get covered in this liquid. That's why ladies always walk on the inside and the gentlemen on the outside. I don't know, I'm just old fashioned, I suppose. I like that sort of thing. But of course, a lot of that's gone now. Well, most of that's gone now. It's a shame in many ways. A lot of values, the old values we had have gone. Please may I get down from the table. A child would say that. I, I, I finished, please may I get down. Yes, if you finish your dinner, you may. Things like that, whereas these days, meals in front of the telly, meals in your bedroom, cups, saucers, plates left all over the bedroom. Mum or dad, they've got to clear all that up. Uh, it's all changed, hasn't it? But there's no point in moaning, no, no point in complaining. As my mum always says, if there's a problem or something you can't do anything about, then there's no point in moaning about it. But I'll still moan. I love watching the old black and white films all the, the men and a lot of the women on there were smoking. The men had pipes and cigarettes and the, the ladies had cigarette, you know, cigarette holder. Remember the cigarette holders? The gentleman would light the lady's cigarette with his posh lighter in these films. We've got, uh, Trish has got somewhere recorded or catch up or whatever it's called, Brief Encounter. I like that, the original black and white Brief Encounter film. I like that. That's where the, the lady, she's married, isn't she? But she meets this other chap. Nothing happens. Unlike today, you dread to think what would happen. But nothing happens. They just meet, they have a cup of tea or coffee and they talk. And he has to go away, I think, on the train. 
and she sees him off. And her husband knows there's something wrong. But anyway, I, I might uh, spoil it if you haven't seen the film. When was that? 1940s, 1950s? The old black and white film. I forget who's in it. But uh, I keep saying to Trish, we, we must watch that one evening. Uh, I don't think she likes it too much. But she will watch it with me. I do like that. I like the black and white, the old um, Sherlock Holmes, Basil Rathbone. They were brilliant, uh, the old Sherlock Holmes films. A lot of those were recorded in the war. And at the end, he'd be looking out over London and he'd be saying, there'll always be an England, London will be safe, blah, blah, blah. And he, there'd be this speech at the end of each Sherlock Holmes film, this speech. It's quite funny, looking over the night sky into London. I don't know what's happened. Things have changed, haven't they? Has anything changed in your lifetime? Email me, raiserants at protonmail.com. That was lovely to hear from you, Barbara, with your uh, oral history that you were talking about, your family, grandfather, etc. That was lovely. To, I must answer you. I shall do that in a minute. It's Friday afternoon. I will do that in a minute. I might join the ladies in the garden. I'll have to behave myself. They don't expect me to behave myself. I've got a reputation to keep up, being not politically correct. I might even have a, a glass of beer. I don't drink beer in the week unless, well, a special occasion, birthday or out for a meal or something. So I wait till Friday, have a beer on a Friday, perhaps a Saturday. Only one real ale or perhaps two real ales which is rather nice, so I might join them in the garden in a minute. It's still 38 degrees, sorry, 38, it's not 38, 28 degrees in here. It's very hot, very close, very clammy sort of weather. The trouble is this time of year, autumnal, uh, it is now autumn. The mornings can be very damp, with the dew on the grass, it can be very damp. And if the weather does change, it can also get quite cold. I've noticed the mornings are a lot darker, the evenings are getting darker. It's a shame about the mornings though, because I wake up early, as I've said, half four, and it's lovely to see the sun up, half past four in the morning, the birds singing. But of course, as we get further on into autumn, the sun isn't up and the birds aren't singing. Well, not that early. They normally start about four o'clock in the summer, midsummer. But as the autumn comes in and the winter comes in, they get later and later. I suppose they wake up with the daylight, do they? I don't know. I must find out. <laughs> Something else to add to my list. It's a dawn chorus, they call it, isn't it? So they probably start singing once the sun comes up. I don't know. Anyway, 50 minutes now. Have you had enough? What do you think so far? Rubbish. <laughs> happy days. I must stop saying happy days. I have stopped saying fantastic all the time, haven't I? because that can be annoying, can't it? Oh, that's fantastic. Everything is fantastic. Okay, look after yourselves. I will see you on Wednesday with the midweek message and talk more. What is that word beginning? Oh, rubbish, is it? Yes, talk more rubbish then. Oh, who was it? Was it Gary? Was it you, Gary? You said the Tesco's near you. They've got Christmas stuff in the shop, in Tesco's. Stone the crows. And that was when we were, yes, that's when we were still in August. So that wasn't even autumn. I've just reread your email. That's incredible, isn't it? What is the matter with these shops? Christmas stuff in, the, oh, I don't know, in summer. Wasn't even autumn. That's how things are changing, isn't it? You wouldn't have had that 
in the 50s and 60s. You didn't have Christmas mince pies and Christmas puddings in the shops in the summer. They weren't mental. I think they're mental now. They need therapy. Who is it that has these ideas? Someone runs the big supermarkets. Oh, I know. It's summertime. Let's put Christmas puddings in the shops. Oh, dear. I shall see you on Wednesday. Take care. Bye-bye for now.